Hello, we're back. You could you could say we're we're back 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 to the TARDIS. Hey, hey, hey. Samurai Jack. <laughs> uh, hello and welcome to. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say that's a pretty fire joke and also a pretty fire intro that we totally just heard and that you aren't going to insert and post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, hello and welcome to uh, a new episode, our inaugural episode of what will probably be termed season two of Back to the TARDIS, uh, the podcast where we take a look at every single episode of the 2005 revival of BBC's Doctor Who. I'm Jeff. I'm New Year, New Skylar. And I am a quantum super... Qu God damn it. A quantum <laughs> super imposition of at least four different people who are kind of all slightly the same person, but not. Hi. <laughs> Just left things. And today, <laughs> and today we are discussing uh, series five, episode one, the eleventh hour by Stephen Moffat. Um, this episode is obviously the first episode with Stephen Moffat uh, serving as showrunner. Um, it is also the first episode featuring Matt Smith as the 11th Doctor. Um, a new visual yeah. look for the show. Yeah, new visual look. New intro, oh, yeah, it's new, so... Basically, completely new production team, almost entirely. This is my um, favorite way that the Doctor, the Doctor Who cinematically looks. Even, we won't discuss the Chibnall era and their fucking camera issues, but, like, this is my favorite aesthetic era of outside of the last episode where it actually kind of looked good for once yeah hey you know yeah uh, what, what, that's three years that's another thing there? entirely yeah um yeah um yeah. it definitely you know one of the things that immediately jumps out to you is just the visuals and the fact that it doesn't look like you're watching a snuff film at 3 a.m on adult swim anymore yeah <laughs> Like, yeah, and, 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 you know, obviously there's also, like, uh, there's a few different things I noticed. Obviously, there, there's just the camera quality and the frame rate is, is much better. Uh, but then there is also, like, a coloring thing. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, you know, it is It is mm -hmm. significantly more, like, intentionally saturated in, saturated in post. Yeah. Yeah. Um, RTD is very beige and gray in, like, kind of muted tones a lot of the times, especially in, like, space episodes. Or you're on, like, yeah. some dingy spaceship or a space station or whatever. Yeah. Um, but even in Earth episodes, you know, you kind of have muted tones, like the gray concrete and stuff. City Around, landscape. like, Rose's place. Yeah. Um, and, you know, now we have, like, hey, it's big, vibrant green. You know, because I tried to think about it, and I was like, is there even, like, any brightly colored uh rtd episodes and i was like okay well what are episodes with natural landscapes and you know the one i thought of was family of blood but even then you know the the forest is always dark uh you don't really see the greens of it or anything so yeah yeah it's just something i noticed right away that it, like it's a lot more colorful immediately yeah yeah i will say before we get into any before we actually sit down and get into it um i mean you don't know where sitting in chairs this is a visual this is an auditory medium anyways um this is my favorite like new doctor story introduction 
in New Who slash possibly in the franchise. I just think this, I think the 11th hour is perfect for 11 and perfect for series five. Un- unfortunately, 11's tenure kind of goes off the deep end, but this is like, yeah, this is a virtually perfect start um, for 11. And I like it more than yeah. 10's intro I think and I like is... it more than 9's. I think it is good. What I was about to say is I don't necessarily know if it's better than Rose for me, but as everyone knows, I am a fucking RTD stand bitch. <laughs> uh, um, it is a very strong start. Yeah. Like, okay, literally, I, I went into this episode and I was like, I remember this episode very specifically as being like the first time they really lead into the I'm the doctor scares the enemies away yeah. kind of thing. And I think this um, is the one time no, no, where it yeah, works. That's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. You know, I went into the episode sort of anticipating. I was like, I, I was like, okay, I, you know, I'm probably not going to like this episode that much because just because I remembered how it ended. Um, but then as the episode went, it on, uh, went along, it actually kind of grabbed me. And then when we got to that conclusion, I was like, oh, that actually like worked in this occasion yeah whoa yeah so i think it is like the one time where he really nails it and then i think after this he sort of goes wow that was really cool i should keep doing yeah let's that. do that and again then... everybody liked it when i did it the first time <laughs> i'm the doctor it just becomes... roll credits <laughs> yeah exactly and, and I'll, exactly yeah. I'll, I'll like i don't know credit. i i have a I'll give Chibnall credit for yeah. this. He... I don't think 13 has done that. Small praise. Yeah, not really. But, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Um, I do like this, and I know, like, Rose also had some, like, I think both this and Rose are similar in the fact that, like, the actual plot is kind of irrelevant because it's all about setup. Um. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I just don't think like, for ex- I think the one thing that might set this, at least for me, that might set it, Rose a little bit higher is that a. Rose was bringing the show back from the dead, so I have like the appreciation for that because that's like so much more extra work. And b, the side characters in Rose ended up being mainstays as opposed to like we never fucking see the old lady and luther from the umbrella academy and like anyone other than rory ever again after this that's, yeah i that's i fair. completely forgot that amy has like friends and shit because yeah they literally never show up again yeah yeah, they do weird things with it's Amy's weird. home life. Not as weird as Clara's home life, but, um, yeah. I guess we yeah. can get into going through this, through the paces now, but. Um, yeah. So, uh, of course, intro basically picking up where we left off of the TARDIS flying out of control, um, Though apparently somehow the doctor managed to travel backwards like twelve years. Regeneration <laughs> some... does hell with the OS. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I mean it is a time machine. Yeah, of co- and of course all the all the action and stuff. And there's there's basically so 
what I I I think my thing with Eleven is that in this season in particular, they tap into what I think is the interesting uh, characterization of Eleven of someone who is simultaneously like I. I don't have a specific age range for this, so I'm just going to say simultaneously a kid and a 65-year-old, like, nutty professor. Childlike, and it's that, but that not kind childish. Of... Yeah. And it's that, that juxtaposition that is like, that's the <gasps> 11 that I like, and then that gets either flanderized or weirdly horny later, uh, and it oh, all God. goes off the rails. Yeah, I liken it to... And then you I have where God Emperor this. Child. Oh, yeah. God. Um, I forget where I heard this comparison, because I wish I could credit it, but I think the the idea that we see the Doctor were introduced to Eleven basically through the eyes of Amelia, through the eyes of basically, like, yeah. a fairy tale character, it helps ground those, like, childlike elements as if this is, this is a god, this is a thing... <clears throat> that a kid dreamed up and within the confines of series five they do pretty well finding that balance of keeping 11 there and then um and then they don't <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's on full display here in how first we're meeting 11 through amelia's eyes and then when we start to follow 11 and we've jumped ahead now we're kind of seeing this grown woman and seeing how her inner kid comes out and that's a very interesting dynamic that could in terms of how she's sort of becoming dependent on mm -hmm. 11 through her tenure it's very different it, it could be it could be easy to be very similar to rose or clara in how they're like, yeah codependent but it's different and i i give credit to moffat for yeah definitely. for finding an interesting character to be with 11 yeah definitely i i feel like i would be remiss if i didn't bring up my strong issues with the dynamic to say the least yeah um, oh yeah no like uh, okay i mean y you compare it to to uh rose and clara and that that definitely makes sense because there is that sort of aspect of dependency with both of them but i i I feel like, you know, in those cases, it's, you know, it is very clearly something that, that's not good for them, but at the same time, it's not necessarily, like, like, it's not necessarily, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word, awful, is I guess what I'm trying to say, but in this yeah. case, uh, like, I, I watched this with my friends, and we all came away with the same conclusion of, oh, no, this is like a real this is legitimately a depiction of grooming and i know that's not what it was going for but that was the immediately yeah. obvious yeah. implication I mean, of this episode and to I, all three and of i us. i do think the other thing is that i do it's not done as well as like maybe like the the idea of how clara's codependency or like cockiness uh, gets her killed and how like kind of toxic in the end that relationship was but i do feel like in later episodes like the god complex and the girl who waited there there is a fair amount of like deconstruction of that the like how in many ways like amy like especially like the god complex for example of how 
like he is viewed as this hero and he has to eventually like break that perception of her yeah i was gonna say there's there's definitely the bit of like it's it seems to me that 11 is much more distant than he comes off oh yeah no he is he's very he's very clearly keeping her at arm's length at the end of the episode and he's very alien in the sense of like if this was a normal person, you'd be like, hey, you know, I I kind of became like a formative experience in your younger years and then fucking disappeared on you. Maybe we should like discuss that. But he literally doesn't like think about that until she's like yeah. making out with him, which credit to it not being portrayed more as like, I know, I know some people think that comes off as comedic, but even Moffat has said that like, if that was so, it was a mistake because he was trying to show that like eleven is not yeah. about this. Um, and yeah, as you were saying, um, listeners can't see me nod when we're talking on on uh, video. But yeah, the god complex basically breaking Amy's faith in him, which kind of comes at a weird point in the season since he's already like let her down monumentally by this point. But <laughs> nevertheless, yeah. it's a good character moment and. Um, I wish they did more with it in series seven. We're jumping around a lot here. We have a lot of opinions, but yeah, I, I totally yeah, see where you're coming um, from, uh, Quixotics. Yeah, I think for sure. Like I, I, I as I've said before, Ma, or this tenure, um, eleven is the one we remember the least. Um, this was very much just like we watched this episode with our friends, and all of us immediately went, "Okay, that is a, that is a like I, I'm gonna say like." outright predatory relationship because like I, I think what really got me was the last scene where he's trying to like get her into the TARDIS and he's being yeah. like really weirdly pushy and I'm like dude like you this is really bad please stop this is highly uncomfortable because you know she's literally idealized you and worshipped you and you're using that power over her to like manipulate her into a situation that she has like no idea what she's getting into and it just yeah oh, it left a bad taste in my mouth i was yeah, like no. oh no and it it is it is there's kind of the additional thing of like there's the undercurrent of while i think there like Moffat definitely does do his part later to kind of counteract that and and show that like hey this this there there is problems here at the same time well, actually, no, this doesn't really have much to do with what you're saying, but I was also going to say is that this is kind of my recurring thought of Amy of, like, on the one hand, she is kind of a somewhat free-spirited, sort of more sex-positive person, and on the one hand, that would be fine, but on the other hand, this person is written by Stephen Moffat, and in that case, it's less a genuine expression of like this more like of of a like more genuine character and more Stephen Moffat is attracted to this which you can tell if you've like seen like any Stephen Moffat basically any Stephen Moffat female character yeah except for Bill all Moffat companions their jobs just sort of change based on what the fuck he feels like writing that dynamic is or what the story requires. I don't think the idea of like Rory is fine with his girlfriend and later fiance being a kissogram. It's not the same as like, I assume it's not the same as like other types of sex work, but it's like, it's definitely more in that genre. 
I don't think he consciously was like, this is a cool progressive couple. I think he was just like, okay, how do we make jokes about her being a policeman, but also a nun, but also a maid outfit? It's just like, it's very mechanical and not really a part of their like character until you get to Bill and like Capaldi yeah. era Clara. Yeah. This thinking isn't going to be a long thinking, one. I swear. Thinking about how people thinking about people on the internet nowadays would make fun of Rory for his girlfriend having an OnlyFans account. <laughs> oh God! Remember the shit about iDubs? Imagine, yeah, that. Oh, the discourse. Oh man. Oh fuck. <laughs> God. Oh man. Okay. I mean that's that's also kind of funny. I don't think this is intentional at all, but like the the kind of jer- the Mickey-esque journey that Rory takes on, it's not quite the same, but it's sort of the same like oh, Rory's cool, but he doesn't really know how to deal with any of this stuff, and then by the end he's like yeah. An I mean, he's Chad. still he's still more of a Chad than Mickey was. But yes, he does not reach true chadness until series six yeah or and then in yeah. series seven he gets the hairstyle that's like slicked back and then it's like a level up even more but yeah yeah anyways i don't think it's a, it, it just as uh mickey is better than rose i don't think it's a very controversial statement to say that rory is better than amy i don't yeah i i think okay if it weren't for episodes although then... at least at least in 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 uh, at least in Amy's case, she fucks over Rory far far less mm-hmm. than uh, uh, Rose did to Mickey. Yeah, I honestly would say that Amy and Rory is kind of a draw for me. Maybe it's this is just based off on memory, and I will fully admit the early eleven era is the most nostalgic era of New Who for me because these this team is like my team. These people are, you know yeah right in my heart so i don't if if i take some of the criticism like a little bit like i'm gonna get better at it (laughs) but uh yeah this is is gonna be fun yeah um so yeah uh and you know i guess we we are off track but we're we're at the point where you know meets amelia and yeah it's yeah it is very hard to like separate that context once you think of it but like if you purely separate it from that context of course obviously the food scene is a banger there is a reason why it's one of the most memorable scenes of the show oh absolutely just good i feel sorry for matt because i've been an actor where i've had to eat food and like a lot of different types and you're doing multiple takes so they, oh, they, yeah. did, they did some good camera tricks where when it got to like the <laughs> toast and the beans, he wasn't like eating anything. But I was just like, oh God, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, no. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's a good scene. Yeah, it's probably a good thing they, they had him spitting it out instead of uh, <laughs> eating like the whole, eating yeah, that much food eating, again eating again however again. many cups of yogurt. Yeah. But yeah, it def- it's a very iconic scene. It's one of the ones we remember really well from his tenure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and big, absolutely. Just sort big of another to... comment. I Yeah, w- were these first two seasons of Matt Smith like planned together? Because if I remember correctly, some of the plot lines from this one go straight into the next season. 
Oh, with the the pendorkel will open, silence will fall. Yeah. I don't know if they were. I think conceptually they probably were. I, because I'm confusing your terms. Do you mean like written together or produced, like physically produced together? Like, writ like you know, did they have an I? Did, were they like planning out kind of these two seasons together? I have a feeling that Moffat probably was because he's one of those complexity addiction addiction mother. Like, if you watch his finale, he's this is. And just, like, the level of pile-up continuity bullshit. Let me be real. I'm not going to be kind to any Moffat finale before Capaldi era at the least, most likely. And even then, the That's only fair. one that I... the I think the only two finales, in terms of both episodes, or all three episodes in the case of Series 3, that I can unironically hold up and say, yes, this is actually good, are Parting of the Ways and... Uh, Dr. Falls, the two complete opposite ends of, like, the good, the, the timeline of good who. Is it, is it sad that when, um, is it sad that when the crack came back for Matt Smith's final episode, I was, like, pleasantly surprised, because I was just like, okay, they are gonna tie that around into something that makes sense. I don't know yeah. if that just meant the bar was that low, but I was just like, you know, I appreciate even if you fumbled the landing on the silence, like, pretty fucking hard, <laughs> at least it, like, all came yeah. together. And, like, again, maybe maybe this is just me being more chari charitable to Moffat now that we've had, uh, now that we're some, some years into Chibnall's era, but, like, I appreciate that there's a overall arc and canon to Moffat era, even if it doesn't yeah. touch upon like RTD era at all, like I still appreciate the yeah. attempt to create some type of cohesive thing. <laughs> yeah, the continuity is as good. I think my my take on Moffat continuity is that it's fine, but I prefer RTD continuity in terms of more in terms of more like the level of like world continuity and not orc complexity build-up continuity the yeah because spoiler thing, alert yeah. i don't like time of the doctor that much i'll see when we get there um uh, yeah <laughs> uh but yeah okay um yeah food scene and it's it's kind of it, it, i i can understand where like that can totally fuck you over. Um. The, but like the the view that the the uh, the Quixotics had, but like, I think there is like it, you can see that like, you know there there are varying levels of like the Doctor being good with kids, and like you get kind of the opposite. Ironically, like. 12 is like so anti good with kids that he wraps back around to being good with kids again. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe it's just yeah. he's good with like bitchy teenagers because they're like him. <laughs> yeah. I, I was totally thinking so about true. um yeah. I was totally thinking about um 12's scene with young um Danny Rupert Pink I can't believe I remembered his yeah. uh, birth name. Um, but, gonna be honest there, but 
I think what really makes all of this work and what... I don't know. I can, again, I can very easily see where Quixotics gets that point of view. But I think Caitlin Blackwood, I think that's her yes. name. Um, Who, fun fact, is actually Karen Gillian's cousin. Like Yeah, exactly. Um, is, yeah, I think I think she completely nails someone who's just like going with it and i don't i don't know i don't have quite the words to say it but it's just like oh yeah like this i can keep up with someone that just fell out of the sky um and she's not really like impressed with him or like enamored with him until he has to go kind of like it's only it's only when he's just like oh, I need to go in this time machine and, you know, like, hop five minutes into the future. It'll be cool. And then you can kind of see, like, time machine, like, that light lights up in her eyes. It's just like, can I come? And yeah. that probably yeah, would have been fine, except then he leaves, and that would fuck you up extremely. Yeah. So Yeah, and, and it does. It, like, the, the, it doesn't ever really shy away from the fact that, like, yeah, that does... Yeah, and so I'll just say I think the nuance in her performance helps smooth a lot of that over. If this was like a situation where like this is going to be a reference almost nobody gets, but in Wonder Woman 84, Pedro Pascal's character has a kid and the kid can't act at all. Pedro Pascal is carrying <laughs> those scenes and indeed the entire movie on his shoulders. Um but that's not the case with um, yeah, definitely. With the young Amelia sections, in my in one my of view. the better child actors the show has had. Yeah, and like you know, you know, I I really, as a resident fear her defender, I hate to do that to Chloe Weber, but you you know it's true. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, he prisoner zero has escaped, um, and they all. Uh, he backs the fuck out, and obviously you is basically like, "Yo, I'll be back in five minutes," and obviously, uh, that doesn't happen. Um. Uh, and he comes back and uh into the house, and it's daytime, and he misses the fact that it's been like a really long, like twelve years. Uh, and gets knocked out, and we cut to Rory. Still a bit of a Chad, not full Chad yet, though. Um, Only a 20% Chadocity. I have to say, there is, there's another, like, weird thing of, like, Rose's plot isn't the best, but, like, um, the fucking other, like, head nurse person that's, like, Rory's boss is a fucking terrible character. Like, what? Like, he literally has photographic evidence, and she saw them start talking, and she's just like, get the fuck out of here, because? Yeah. I I would call that bad writing, but I've, I've had bosses that just basically don't actually listen to you, and... Yeah, I, I I could feel for that scene in a way that I hadn't when I saw it growing up. But it it, it is it is a bit of a convenience in some ways. Yeah. Um, to get him outside of his work. <laughs> yeah. 
It's just, I don't know, man. I'm fucking confused. I don't um, think it was necessary for the story to have the uh, multi-form, like, probably bite her head off. Um, <laughs> that's heavily implied. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's a Moffat episode. Take yeah. a drink. Um, yeah. Uh, and, of course, it, I it's it's interesting how... Like, there is, like, kind of, like, the fascinating thing of how, like, uh, like, the, um, how, like, distrustful she is. Like, it's, 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 it's in kind of an interesting, like, like, variation on the dynamic yeah, I mean, it's... I don't know exactly how to say this, like, correctly, but when she first hears him and, like, sees him, she probably panics and hits him because, number one, she's like, okay, someone's still breaking into my house, and she's probably also wondering if she's, like, finally, like, not snapped, finally, but, like... Yeah, finally But, like, her, is yeah. just, like, hallucinating something that, like, to her, she's doubting if he ever existed at all. Like, they don't play into yeah. that angle as much as they maybe should, but it, like, it gets across what's happening when, when you sit back and think about it. Uh, Moffat, I will say, back when Moffat, uh, actually kind of wanted, uh, to be scary, um, there is, um, like, that really good, like, he's good at doing those, like, wham lines, where it's 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 like um like oh your your screwdriver's right here and he's like yeah it must have like rolled under rolled under the um the door the door and and Yemi's like yeah maybe and also like jumped up onto yeah. the table yeah jumped up onto the table and it's like dun 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 like oh yeah. or like yeah it's he like... is very good with those like punchy lines that are just like. Actually, it was this thing all along, all along. and you were, like, terrified. Ah! Ah! <sighs> I mean, he does that with the, like, perception filter, too. This idea of, like, there's yeah. a room in your house that's always been there, and you've never seen it. And he's like, you know, you get that whole exchange of, like, how many rooms are on this floor? Five. And he's like, no, look again, where you never there's want six. to look. Oh, my God. Dramatic. And he music. does that a lot. I think he does it. I think he does it a lot better with 12. I mean, I obviously the culmination of that is with listen, but it, you know, it's a thing he does a lot. <laughs> yeah. Minor cinematic thing. I want to praise is the whole, like when it, when they're turning their eyes and like getting past the perception filter, it's a close up on their eyes and their head turning. That's just like, that's such a neat touch that you don't need to do, but it adds so much atmosphere <laughs> than just having the like, stupid like suspenseful music um which is still effective but it, yeah. like it adds to the overall picture i guess um yeah uh i have to say you know for like prisoner zero's true form not the best CGI the show has had, but not the worst. 
it is a little bit like haha like cum snake mastery <laughs> I mean you're not wrong but like man yeah I just love that it's always hanging from the ceiling somehow when it's in its um, yeah true form they they definitely did the wise thing yeah somehow <laughs> You they never, never you, like, is it, people. is it like a, like a Jaggerfest thing where there's just this huge, like, pustule on the ceiling or whatever? God. <laughs> Do you think? Or is it just, I... Okay, what effect, what visual effect is worse? The look of the, um, the multiform's mouth on the human people or the fucking, when there's the small That effect's actually pretty good, line. I think. The small TARDIS and flatline you can see into it. Um, I actually, yeah, I actually think the um, the fucking the the mouth effect is actually really good. Okay, I like. I think that's I a genuinely it, good it, effect. I didn't hate it, but I was just like, eh. Okay. Like it didn't. It, it's CG, but it's not like overly CG, and it it, it still like it doesn't look like. Super cheap, you know. No, yeah. As I was said, I wouldn't call it. Didn't actively pull me out of the moment. But, but then I was just it like, like huh. gets around. So you know? like, yeah, they both fucking rule, man. Radical centrist. <laughs> I see how it is. <laughs> Can we get you on record? <laughs> uh, I'm a child. Shit, Anyways, um, all right. Uh, you know, as I said, the kissagram thing, like, I don't hate it, but there is kind of this niggling, like, voice in the back of my head of, like, this would be significantly, I would be significantly, like, more fine with this if this wasn't Stephen Moffat writing it. I think I give the smallest of credit to be, like, Okay, at least you didn't play with this like every time it came up. You yeah. know, it doesn't it doesn't stick around, which maybe you you should argue if you do yeah. something like that it should, but it's like this could have been a Vastra and Jenny situation and it wasn't. Yeah. And sadly, that's a sad bar, but also I'm just like, eh. Yeah, it's just it it, it... They did it okay, I think. Like, they bring it up a couple times at the first, but, yeah. Uh, and it does... Yeah. I think they, they the main time they make a joke about it is with her grandma, or the old lady. It was, was that her grandma? I don't know. No, it's no. not. Okay. It's just some random fucking okay, old lady. Okay, some old lady she just knows somehow. And and then, like, yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm a police that's, officer. Again, that's the thing of, like... It's really solid, and it's by no means bad, but I think Rose has it beat just because the characters in Rose that aren't, like, the main TARDIS team actually fucking mean something. Yeah, that's that's fair. I was gonna say, I like how... And they just, they don't here. Yeah, Ledworth is a nice change of pace from what we've had, but we don't really spend enough time to get to know, like what's what it's about except for the small town feel and i think it works like contained in this episode because the whole point of like yeah 
why I like this episode so much, I'll just like skip ahead right to the right to the reason is that it shows like a, war, a basically a high stakes threat in a very small stakes environment and it shows the power of the doctor and it earns the power of showing us who Eleven is by showing that even with his TARDIS gone, his um, screwdriver gone, he can't get to anywhere like London. Yeah. Even without all that, he's still able to pull it off. And I think for like just that story, this setting works really well. But yeah, it's kind of a shame. Yeah, how you know, like after that, we don't really see it aside from the Dream Lord episode that I'm forgetting the name of. Yeah. Well, that's not even that's quote unquote Upper Ledworth. Like it's it's uh, oh, specifically. Yeah. Fuck, I forgot that joke. <laughs> okay, yeah. So this is basically it's... like the one sh- big showing we get. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice enough British village. I could see the events of Hot Fuzz happening at that village. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Man, imagine. But yeah, I think, like... Timothy think Dalton Amy... is in the Hooniverse. God. I think Amy and Rory move to, like, somewhere else. Because I was, I was thinking ahead, I was just like, the power of three definitely doesn't take place here. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Um, yeah. I will say, despite all the, like, <laughs> Stephen Moffat-isms that I've had, like, problems with, I do like the line of, like, 12 years in four psychiatrists, and he's like, why four? And it's like, I kept biting them. That's a good line. I vibe with that line. Yeah. 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 Or the like, uh, let, whole... Let's go, man. The whole... Hell yeah. Um, it's like, I'm the doctor. I'm worse than everyone's aunt. I was just like, okay, I'll give that one to you. Yeah. And it, if it, 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 that also really fits, like, the characterization that I like about Eleven, where he is in a young man's body and can be childish, but he's also totally, like, a 65-year-old, like, science professor. Yeah. He comes off as childlike and sometimes childish to us just because of his alien norms where he literally doesn't yeah. give a fuck and yeah sadly that translates into horniness and flanderization later on but when it's when it's yeah. balanced perfectly like chef's kiss yeah absolutely um so yeah uh you know this prisoner zero starts showing it, it's weird because like it's also kind of like silence in the library where it's like you're getting these eerie echoes of like, yeah, this is a Moffat-ass Moffat story. But unlike some of the later Moffat-ass Moffat stories, it doesn't suck complete donkey dick. Intellectual criticism there. But yeah, no, I, I totally agree. It's Am I wrong? No. No, you're not. Um, yeah. As I think we've all kind of been. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, not... it's also like, I don't. I... Yeah. He's not relying on them. It's like, I don't know. To move the story Ooh. along. They're there, but he also has something underneath it. Whereas later it's completely flipped almost. Uh, It's like, I don't know if this is like, I'm not, I'm also not like the best person to make this example, but it's like, it's like fucking like how like. I don't know that much about, like, Kevin Smith movies, right? But I know that, like, the general consensus is, like, yeah, the first few are good. 
and then like the gimmick kind of wore thin after like 95 or whatever and it's like well it's kind of the same shit but it's not really like entertaining anymore yeah which like i i get again because moffat was working on doctor who and sherlock simultaneously you kind of get this feeling later on that he's just like well doctor who is this uh and then he goes and and does that and it's like okay this is basically the same shit that we've already seen but like less impressive this time yeah which is why the change to 12 probably really yeah. helped him because he could no longer be like this guy yeah, is weirdly it for horny it, it for forced it so he can't do this yeah he can't do the same tropes anymore it kind of forced him out of his comfort yeah. zone which is in it's interesting in a way because i did read an interview from moffat that said like writing for the doctor writing for different doctors isn't that much different you just have to have talented actors to like add the nuance but i think he's underselling himself a bit there because it's definitely a different mood as well um here we are jumping like four years ahead again. yeah but uh yeah yeah well i mean it is it is important to discuss because as i said a lot of things that show up later start here yeah even yeah. if they're properly proportioned, we should make note of them. So when they blow up in our face, it's not a surprise. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Uh, talking around the village people. As mentioned, uh, Jeff, who uh, we all know now. Well, I don't know if we all know, but is more well known now as Luther from the Umbrella Academy shows up. It's weird uh, to me that more people know Karen Gillan for Nebula in the MCU than Doctor Who. Which because the MCU makes shit zillion dollars. No, yeah. I'm not saying that as an elitist thing or as just like a this is better, even though I kind of do believe that. But it's just like, you know, it's it's, it's retrospective. Like, it's not stuff. that weird when you think about it. Because, like, yes... She was the companion when Doctor Who was the most popular in the U.S. But, like, at the same time, it was still kind of a cult show that didn't necessarily have the broad-spread mass appeal of fucking your, your MCU. Yeah, Doctor Who got big in geekdom, but MCU got big fucking everywhere. And I believe... MCU just got Disney controls the world big. Yeah, and by the time she was in Guardians, which, like, really blew up... I believe that's 2014 if I have my years right. Yeah. Because yeah, she left the show by that point. Yeah, exactly. But it, it's just, yeah. it's interesting to me. I don't know. Yeah, no, I remember um, when Guardians came out, we were like, yo, it's the chick from Doctor Who. <laughs> and that's what yeah. we knew her for. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Uh... I do. It's kind of weird. I can't. I think Sherlock had started by this point, but it is weird when you realize, like, huh, the fucking the scene where he like goes like, wait, why is the Rory looking at his phone or whatever? 
in and just like zooms through and you just like and like all through like the fucking town and it's as it like zooms in on like Rory with his phone is like totally like a weird like bullshit like Sherlock stylization and they don't really do it again here and it like really stands out it's just like what the fuck yeah they they totally upgraded that with Capaldi in Deep Breath where they where they yeah. don't do that even though it's basically the same thing yeah um Oh, I guess I'll bring up my one, like, nitpick of, like, I don't get why this is here, is that Amy kind of just, at one point, is just like, no, I'm not helping you, and, like, just basically holds the doctor hostage, and is just like, tell me who you really are, which, on one hand, I get, like... Also, she just fucking locks his tie, like, slams his tie in a car door. He can get out of that. No, yeah, but... It's not like she handcuffed him. Even beside that, it's just like, okay, you choose now of all times. Like, there's really nothing in the narrative to suggest that, like, something new has happened that has made her, like, think, like, okay, I'm losing it completely, or you're, like, a prank or a setup. Like, tell me who you really are. It's kind of a nice character moment with the apple. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm also just like, okay, this this is probably, like, the one part of the episode where I'm just like, this isn't, this isn't necessary for the pace or the storytelling and the fact that they lead into it with like what's this it's a duck pond like what <laughs> I yeah don't, i don't know it was and again i i think this episode is virtually perfect but if i had to name one thing that i was just like i don't know if you needed that it, it would be that small scene before he meets Rory. um i would say my biggest criticism of the episode is that the pacing is really weird in the second half you yeah. just have this really weird pacing of just the doctor does about 20 things in the space of like 20 minutes. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, it really, it really crams that second half. I mean, fair um... enough. I thought it worked, but you know, subjectivity of media. Um... I think I think it's not the worst thing. I don't I wouldn't say it like really fucks up the episode. It was just a really weird thing to watch and you kind of like it was very much in and then and then and then and then sure. sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, sure. definitely. I it, guess it does, like, the... it does kind of just it does kind of just go fucking hog wild at, at a certain yeah. point. Like you like, have that scene the... where the doctor just shows up and, like, he opens a laptop, and within, like, two minutes, he's accessed, like, a Zoom call with all the most powerful people in the world. Yeah. And has invented a and virus like a weird, that like, solves all their problems. Joke there, too. Like, thanks, Moffat. It, it's yeah, just, like, like, it's weird. really Stuff weird. Stuff like that that you realize, like, technically, like, yeah. Moffat, like, came from, like, writing, like, Coupling, which totally would have been that, like, sex comedy type thing. But it's just real weird. Yeah, I don't know. Out of all the, like, deus ex, like, high-tier bullshit that the Doctor, like, pulls out in some of the weaker stories, the idea that he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm smart enough to find my way around human computers and prove that I'm smart to, like, human experts so we can get this thing done, it's like, maybe it just shows how ridiculous the show can get sometimes, but I'm just like, yeah, that seems pretty reasonable, like, in comparison yeah. um, to the other it's, things. It's like, I don't... 
and also like I don't know. That doesn't seem like something R2D would do. He'd do some bullshit, but not that. Yeah, and again, I but guess that's kind also of... mainly because that's also I think mainly because like RTD as a doctor, I like for writing his his doctors usually had them be like a lot more fallible. Yeah, I think and, this... and self self doubtful. Yeah, um, I think it just kind of at least it fits for me because again it's that whole idea of like Eleven is someone and the Doctor in general as well is someone who can take this situation that's basically a no win scenario like if you put Torchwood in this situation. If you put Sarah Jane, things are screwed, but he can just, like, he can take a random guy in his laptop Beep, and inspire boop, bop, him. Here we go. Zibbity zooms, zibbity doo. I'm the fucking doctor, bitch. <laughs> yeah. And again, I, I think it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally, this is, this is like, you know, this is kind of like, it's not exactly the same or as dire, obviously, but it is like a similar threat to what Children of Earth Torchwood spent they're yeah. you know five episodes dying for, do? and the doctor's just like yeah let me just pull out a laptop <laughs> i'll get it fixed right up in yeah. 10 minutes yeah. so i don't know i i get the complaint it's definitely it's definitely a lot um but again i, I think it's all going towards the point of like earning like when you, when he steps out from the david Tennant hologram at the end again skipping ahead a lot to me because of everything we've seen him do not for a second was I like, okay, he's not a worthy successor. Like, that's not the Doctor. Like, I immediately, like, all of these things building up led to him, like, fully claiming the role and, you know, putting his mark on it and he has his new outfit on. Um, it's yeah. just... And then, and then the whole, like, I'm the Doctor, basically run. In that moment, it's earned because he had to prove himself as a Doctor first. Every yeah. other time he does it, he's just like, yeah, you know it who works I am. here because, yeah, it works here because it's a setup episode for Doctor and essentially like a super soft reboot. Yeah, like exactly. the and it also works because the art he already drove them yeah. away. Like he already proved he's how good he is. He's just flexing at this um, point. Mm. Yeah, it, like because because that's the thing. It's it's not what resolves the the central conflict of the story It's something that's added on to the end as just like an extra emphasis whereas when it's done later it's literally like yo i'm the doctor and then Check they, they me just out. like piss yeah. themselves it's kind of yeah. sad that this is kind of i could argue this is foreshadowing but the the sad thing is that it doesn't pay off cuz it would be really interesting as if 11 is someone who's like this is a doctor who's so competent that he like he doesn't just do the thing, but he also goes beyond and sometimes goes too far. Yeah. And they kind of Overdoes play into that it, yeah. with um, a good man goes to war and demons run and that whole bullshit arc. But it kind of just it kind of turns into the problem of like I'm the doctor and the problem goes away. Um, and it's sad that it's kind of been distilled to that. But it's it's again it's interesting going back to series five and being like okay, there's potential for this arc. We have the Pandora already name dropped. We have the Silence already name yeah. dropped, and it's kind of sad looking back, seeing like, oh, those things won't play out quite as neatly <laughs> as this episode yeah. did. It's weird because, like, despite how weird the pacing of this episode is, I do think like once you hit that point where he like heads back towards the hospital, it is super tight and all bangers until the end. 
Oh, that's another thing um, we forgot to mention, but just the um, the soundtrack is immediately different. Yeah. Uh, Even though this, it's the same episode. person. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Do we think Amy, like, just watching him undress is, like, a step too far? It only bothered me when I considered the full context of the entire, like, what we know yeah, is coming. Yeah, it's definite. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's it's definitely, like, there is some, I, I, I think, Stephen Moffat being... Again, I'm just going to say it. Stephen Moffat's female characters are the kind of things if he wants this this woman to top him. <laughs> Let's just be real here. Yeah. It, it's also just weird. Yeah. I'm... I mean, same, but like, yeah. <laughs> True. Um, I just, I don't get, and again, this kind of, it lends me more towards your point, um, or when Quixotics was making this point very early in the episode, that... There's this kind of grooming undertone, and I can see it in the fact that, like, look, I'm sure Matt Smith is probably a nice person to some degree, as much as famous people can, but, like, he's not hotter than Arthur Darville. Like, why would... And I know that's kind of, like, playing into stereotypes and isn't good, and, like, everyone's a king, and body positivity, and I'm not, I'm not shaming him for his appearance, but just, like, narratively, it plays off really weird that, like that whole thing and it's it's weird that the whole like undressing scene makes me more uncomfortable than like them interacting as a child i think if you did either separately it wouldn't be as cringe but you put them together in the same episode yeah and it's just definitely like, it's it's those t it's them why together. <laughs> and yeah yeah and it's 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 like uh yeah in again it's something where like it's a little bit kind of weird here and uncomfortable and it get, it just gets worse as it goes on at least it never got like i don't think it got quite as bad as sherlock because doctor who was never allowed to go like quite as far as sherlock ever did yeah but like whenever fucking the 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 fucking sherlock version of irene adler shows up it's just fucking terrible yeah, I say, I think the only thing that saves this from, like, this is all cringe, but it would have been, like, actively bad if the show didn't take time to be like, okay, you know, there's this bad situation This is here. not good. Yeah, Amy, you know, and it, it's kind of very simplistic, and you could argue also problematic to frame it as just, like, a choice, but the fact that they don't, they go more, they don't keep it as surface level as that, um saves a lot of the terrible potential that all of this fuckery has um it's cringe but not enough cringe that he's gonna lose subscriber <laughs> yes. yes that comes later uh yeah pog champ isn't banned yet <laughs> that'll date this episode um yeah but yeah um... So yeah, uh, as as mentioned, summons the Atraxi back. The only okay use of I am the Doctor. After this, it's just a meme. Um, yeah, uh, and he gets the thing, the TARDIS, and he runs off. Now, I will say here, 
that I am not going to excuse the use of sexy here in ref in uh, referring to the TARDIS, and I think that Moffat uses that word far, far, far too much. I would say here I'm going to agree with you and disagree with you because on the one hand, I think it could also show how the Doctor isn't bound to like the most juvenile use of words he's just like oh you sexy thing like i really appreciate it but then like i also know where moffat goes later and that how that is probably being misused <laughs> so uh long story short yeah that valid <laughs> yeah it's just yeah um cringe i will say i I don't know if it's as good as, like, 8's original or maybe even, like, 12's when he's switched to, like, the warmer color palette and there's all, like, the bookshelves and the blackboard and stuff. But this is definitely, like, top three TARDIS interiors. And it's a shame that they had to change it uh, because the glass-blown time rotor was so fragile that they, every time they turned it on, they were worried that they were going to break it. Is that the reason? I... Yes. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't change it sooner then. Okay, personally, personally, ooh, this is like our least favorite TARDIS interior in New Who. Boy. You like the, you like the crystals more? <laughs> like, not like memeing. Wait, which one's... The, 13th. You mean uh, 13th? Yeah. yeah, no, that one's pretty cool. Okay, what valid. The... I don't like the what lighting. What is there not to but... like about this one? I like... I don't know, it's just like boring i don't, I don't know, know. I, I really like kind of like the the kind of like romantic not in like a, a love sense but like an art artistic sense this like romantic idea of like this this ship kind of design like a 1920s-esque like cruise liner i don't know i just really like it i vibe with it also it kind of plays into the youthful kooky chaotic professor vibe yeah. that early 11 has I still um, think the best is probably, ironically, still eights in the TV movies. Like that, that, that console room, Fox. Yeah, yeah, that one's when, the best. When the Doctor calls the TARDIS their home, it's not like I ever don't believe them, but sometimes I'm just like, really here. <laughs> but like in in eights, yeah, the eight I'm console like, room yeah. is the one where it's like, oh yeah, this is totally like a home, yeah. Um. So yeah, there definitely is, yeah, there's this weird thing where, like, he wants her to come along and is being super pushy about it, but he's also keeping her at arm's length. Like, he's very cagey when she asks him, like, hey, what the fuck, dude? Um, I'm unsure of, like, where this translates from, like, the end of Ten's arc to... 11 the best thing i can come I up with know. is that i don't know he really wants a friend he wants a friend but he desperately does not want to get as emotionally invested with his friends as he was last time around yeah that's that's basically what i was going to say that it's like he recognizes that he can't be alone and that there there's some part of him that wants to connect but he's also like fuck i don't want to go through that again yeah yeah um 
So yeah, uh, oh, and, and at the very end, it's revealed that the surprise, Amy's getting uh, married, and that's why she wants to be back by tomorrow. Um, yeah. I'm sure no drama will come of that. Yeah, none at all. Um, so yeah, unless anybody has anything else to say more, um, I'm going to move on to ratings. I'm good. Yeah, it's... It's really solid. As I said, I don't think it's quite as solid as Rose, but A, as as you all know, I am a shameless fucking RTD stan fanboy bitch. Um, and I think that's just because, like, Rose does so much more and so much less and also additionally has good side characters that it's just like this is good but not quite as good but still that being said it's still absolutely like an A plus slam dunk it's just when you when you're comparing it to like that it's like mm, eh, i don't know man i would still say that i think this is my favorite um doctor intro um like narratively speaking and also character wise in new who I say that, of course, without deeply analyzing um, Deep Breath or The Woman Who Fell to Earth, but I'm pretty secure in that assertion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Deep I do Breath admit that... is fine, but not as good as this, and The Woman Who Fell to Earth is just... Eh, it's alright. It's fine. Yeah. It's better yeah, than ex- Christmas Invasion. <laughs> ex- exactly. That <laughs> incredible bar. But um, I, I do think some points were made about, like, how... how iffy the whole, like amy and 11 dynamic starts off how willing you are to accept that kind of depends on whether you consider 11 just in series 5 or 11 overall (laughs) um and also taking into consideration other moffat tropes there's definitely a lot to unpack there but overall i think it he came he came out of the door in his tenure in his era of being a show leader swinging um and showing that like this is my mark on the show this is the type of feeling. This is the look. And for me, at least all of those land. And he's able to keep that promise of what his era is for his entire first yeah. series. Um, so yeah. for that... Seri- yeah. Series 5 fucks hard, at least. It, exactly. So it's like... That's 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 my stance on the 11th Doctor. Series 5 fucks hard, at least. Exactly. So... Not much else does, but that does. <laughs> yes. Um, not as much fucking as we... Uh, quality fucking as we want but but i'm not a child um yeah i i think this episode is virtually perfect i uh despite all the moffatisms even even some of the stealth moffatisms like um delete your browser history um which would eventually become a 12 thing i was just like hey um but yeah this is a new exciting journey that we're embarking on the moffat era new year new episode new era um a plus. Exotics? Yeah. Um, I think it's it's a pretty good episode. We had some, you know, we had some issues with it. I think mostly just the pacing. Um, and then the other ones that were here before made the point about just the weirdness between the Doctor and Amy. You know, I don't think that was too much of a point an issue narratively for us it was just mostly just like that's kind of a gross thing that yeah yeah it was just weird vibes 
Um, overall, though, I, I think it, it is a pretty good episode. It's a, you know, it does exactly what it wants to do. It sets up Matt Smith very well as the Doctor. Um, I think it's a good like one-off sort of story. Um, and I think, you know, as we've said, it, it conveys a lot of what makes Matt Smith him, what makes the Eleventh Doctor the Eleventh Doctor, and actually does some of the Moffatisms really well. Overall, I'd say it's like both a good introduction to Eleven and to what Moffat is trying to do with the show in yeah. general. Um, yeah, I'd say nine out of ten. All right. Um. So next week we will be discussing the next episode um series five episode two the beast below um so far so like i've seen up through amy's choice so far already recently and in, in sort of uh rewatches with my family and i can say uh most of the season except for victory of the daleks fucks hard so looking looking forward to that um until then uh you can follow the podcast on twitter at b2tardispod you can support us on patreon for a number of benefits like early access to episodes uh being able to listen in live to episode recordings uh, potentially even guesting on an episode of your choosing and access to bonus episodes that will be starting right back up as soon as i'm not fucking busy as hell um i'm jeff you can follow me on twitter at wheatley dl and on twitch at wheatley dlt i'm someone who dabbles in being a sapphic nun and you can find me on twitter at sky high nine underscore five i i'm carcap vantes from the hit webcomic homestuck and uh you can find our system at like three different ads let's see we got fat dick demon nihilist panther and quixotic alt <laughs> all right and we will see you all next week <laughs>